Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Our very special guest today is a wonderful, wonderful actor. You've seen him. You might not put the name with the face, but we're going to find out a lot more about Harvey Akin. Harvey, how are you? I'm well yourself. Doing great. Uh, what are you working on currently? I uh, just finished doing a little uh, movie down in Florida with uh, Jim Belushi. Uh, so we just finished that last week. Is that a change of heart? Yes, it is. Yeah. And now, when do you expect that to be released? Uh, I don't know. I just hit my marks. I say my words. They say, cut, I go home. <laughs> uh, you, you've done over 75 films, from what I read. And uh, is that accurate? Uh, yeah, pretty well. And, and all, all types of TV. You've, people have seen you in, like, Silver Streak. I saw you in Silver Streak. Uh, uh, High Ballin' with uh, Peter Fonda and Jerry Reed. Uh, you worked with a couple of interesting, well, a lot of interesting people along the, along the way, but Richard Pryor was one of them. What was your take on Richard Pryor? He was a kind of a complicated guy. Uh, very, very, very not what you'd see on TV, uh, on the screen, rather. He uh, sort of stuck to himself on the set and... Uh, didn't really talk a lot. He was quite introspective, and I think that's not really unusual for a, for a great comedian. Yeah, did, did it look like he, and let me preface this, because we've all seen his stand-up, and it's just unbelievable, and it was, he's one of the greatest stand-ups uh, ever, but some people that I've spoke to that knew him well, they, they thought he, he lacked self-confidence in social situations. Would you classify it as that? Well, um, I'm I'm basically a comedian and uh, uh, done a lot of stand-up, and and most comedians are. Um, I mean, all the ones that have really made it. Uh, I shouldn't say all the ones, but a great many of the ones that that have really made it. You you never hear about them in the cheat sheets or the or the hot pages. I mean, Richard was a little bit of an exception, but um, all of those guys that are really funny that go over the edge. You have to know where the edge is before you can go over it. And and they're the ones that, you know, the, you, you've heard about the, married to the same woman for 35 years and uh, you never yeah. hear about them and they just keep plodding along and are very quiet. And, uh, you know, the, the Buddy Hackett's and the Jack Benny's and the George Burns and the Milton Burles and all of those kind of guys, they were pretty solid kind of guys. And uh, a lot of them, a lot of them didn't have a lot of self-confidence really in the, in the in the normal, if you want to say, quote-unquote, world, but uh, their outlet and their expression was their comedy, and get them in front of an audience and get the feedback, and they were different people. I've heard that you were more or less the class clown growing up. You were influenced heavily by your, your grandfather, is that right? He's, yeah. And he's off well, the boat. we lived with my grandparents, Russian immigrants. Right off the boat. No, um, well, basically, yes. I guess you want to say that, yes. And how much of an influence was he on you? Well, he had the old world, you know. Um, I mean, he was a presser in a in a garment factory. He he got up every morning at uh, six o'clock with a shirt and tie and walked and worked over a steam press all day long, and then you know took the bus or the, uh, the streetcar as we had back home and came home. But when he walked through the door at night, I mean, there was a meal prepared, and he was the king. But uh, he was a, he was a presser. He was you know uh, in the garment industry, uh, but and he brought all the old world values and um, didn't. I mean, when we watched, we we sat together and we watched him uh, 
watch a man land on the moon. There was no way in the world you're going to convince him it was true. It was some Hollywood fake. No kidding. I thought that didn't come around till later. I thought everybody just took it <laughs> as law when it happened. No. Well, you know, I, I was born in Toronto, Canada, and uh, when 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 he came to Canada, when he came to Toronto, he got off he got off the train at what was then called the North Toronto Station, and went south on a horse and wagon into into town to meet his his brother. Well, that that station right now is is a quarter of the way up from the lake. I mean, you'd never find it in Toronto. And here's a man who watched the city grow and went from horse and wagons to a man on the moon. Uh, it's kind of hard to accept. Yeah, no question. What did he think about your lifestyle choice or, or your uh, career choice? Oh, he was proud of me. He was, right? I mean, Yeah, was... he uh, he ended up um, living his latter years uh, in, in one of the... Uh, the uh, well, I guess you called them old folks home. We at the time we didn't call him retirement because uh, he wasn't retired. He was in a, a home, and whenever we went to visit him, he made sure that everybody knew that uh, that his grandson, the movie star, was coming. You know. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, interesting. Even if I had a little bit part in anything, didn't matter to him. I was an Academy Award performance. But he saw your success. Yes, he did. Yeah, see, that's that's important. A lot of people don't get that. That's a that's a treat. You know, you talk about a guy. Yeah. You know, and you said he didn't come off the boat, but I mean, uh, you know, basically, a, a Russian immigrant to see that kind of success—that's uh, the American dream. Oh, of course. Now, how early did you get involved with drama or, or comedy? How early in your life did you decide to go this route? Well, I really never decided to go that way. I it was. I I never even twenty years into my career I never considered myself in show business I always had a second career you know just in case I I um I remember I was always a class clown I and I did that I guess uh, it was diagnosed later on I had a learning disability and and the only way that I could be liked and um, was to be funny I mean all the guys and gals that I grew up with and went to school they they knew right up they were going to be lawyers and doctors and accountants and and whatever, and I didn't know what the hell I was going to be. I just was plodding along, and I knew that I'd be going into my father's construction business. So, you know, came lunchtime at the at school, we sat around. I told jokes because I, I was the funny guy. I was the one that everybody wanted to invite to the party because I was I was a barrel of laughs. But I did it because of the insecurity and the uh, and the wanting to belong. That was the only thing I could do well. If you're just tuning in, Harvey Akin is one of the wonderful actors of our time. And, and uh, you're not offended by the term character actor, right? Not at all. Yeah. I mean, you're a not character actor, and, you, and you, you've done so much great work. Cagney and Lacey. I, you probably did uh, the whole series in that, right? Yeah, I did uh, uh, six years on that show. We went six years. Six years. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a good run. That's a really good run for, uh, yeah. for TV. Yep. I, how about... Uh, and I'm not asking specifics uh, here, but what was your your first big payday? Where where did you first get get a check? And you said, you know what? Wow, this is real. This is this just meant something. Well, I I did. <laughs> Can I mention product names? Sure, go ahead. Um, way back when, um, a friend of mine who is who is currently my agent. We went to school together, and he has been my agent for 45 years. He knew he was going into show business. And um, when he, I went into construction business, and he went into, he went to Wayne State University and got a degree in radio and television. And when he got out of radio and TV, he started working for the CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. 
And then he had this idea about opening up a talent agency uh, because people needed characters for, and that's the name of the agency right now, characters. They needed characters for TV commercials. And he didn't have any money, and I had a few bucks, so we sort of started this talent agency, and I was the only one that was on the roster because we didn't have, have anybody. So we kept sending me down for the auditions. And then one day I got I got a job to be uh, on an Alka-Seltzer commercial. And, hey, uh, or, or, or a tea commercial. I forget which one it was. And, you know what, I got a few bucks. This isn't a bad deal here. But, you know, God forbid you give up your, your job in the construction business because that's real. So... You know, one 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 TV commercial on camera led to another, and then another and another, and then I started doing voiceovers, and um, I've probably done about 5,000 voiceovers in my career. I'm, I've done all kinds of things that you don't know is my voice, but that's me, and all in cartoon cartoon series. I love doing cartoons, and, and that's where it was. But the first real big paycheck was a, a, a national commercial. And, and national meaning Canada. National at that time, meaning Canada. Right. Well, listen, Toronto is now a hot, well, it, it, certainly now, but I mean, in the past, in the 70s and the 80s, became a real hotbed with some of the, you know, people like John Candy and, and other folks coming there. But you were prior to that, right? Well, I was with John Candy and, and, and Eugene Levy and, and Harold Ramis of late. I mean, Harold Ramis was one of the writers on the first major, major um, uh, film that I was on. He was the, one of the writers on Meatballs. Yeah, that's right. You were in Meatballs. That's right. Wow. With Bill Murray. Bill Murray and uh, Bill Murray at the time. Like, who was Bill Murray? You know, they didn't know anything. He was on Saturday Night Live. What Did, did anybody watch that? I think so. Hey, did you? Uh, we, we never knew until a week after that we started shooting that, hey, Bill Murray's going to be starring in this movie. And I said, oh, well, that's great. Fine. Where do I stand? We're speaking to a, a wonderful actor, wonderful character actor of TV and, and certainly movies, uh, lots of voiceovers, as you just heard, 5,000 voiceovers, which is unbelievable. Uh, did you do a stint on SCTV? No, I never did, uh, because that, uh, um, believe it or not, people don't realize how difficult a job that is. I mean, if you're on Second City, it's not just getting up there and doing the show. You've got to be there every day writing. You've got to give them so many minutes a, a day of, of new, fresh material. I was in the construction business. I was doing this as a lark, you know, just as a hobby. I couldn't afford to leave my good job and get and go into show business. I mean, that's, you know, for different kind of people, not me. Certainly, a lot of people have come out of that area, and a lot of people uh, spread out a little. And, uh, again, we talked about you doing voiceovers. We talked about you doing some acting. What about writing or directing? Have you done any of that? No, you know what? I, I, I know what I know, and I know what I don't know. Uh, I, the only thing I write is uh, I have a little production company of my own. If, if I'm going to do commercials, I write for my own myself because I know my delivery and my cadence and my speed and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I've never ventured into the directing, and I, I don't think I'm good enough for that. That's a, a, a whole different skill set, and I don't think I have it. How about your first stand-up? I used to do, <laughs> my first stand-up was, I used to do audience warm-ups for uh, quiz shows and uh, TV shows at, in, in Toronto. That was my first stand-up. And how old were you And at I the learned time? a lot from that. How old were you at the time? Gee, you're digging down here. Uh, I mean, 25, 30, I guess, the oh, most. Okay, all right. So, yeah, I, I was going to say, you, you didn't get on the stage as a teenager or anything like that? No, no, I got on the stage. 
where this really started, where my really where my career in show business really started was in high school. My as I said, my agent, who is one of my best friends named Larry Goldhar, I was the only kid in school at the time who had his own car. I mean, I you know, I was working my dad was a hard working kind of guy and I used to work for him in the mornings, go to school, then work at night in the construction business. So I had a car. And I was giving him a ride home one night, and he said, would you mind waiting? He said, I'm, I've got a tryout for the school play. And I said, what are you talking about? What kind of sissy thing is that? And he said, well, come on in with me and just wait. So um, this teacher hadn't come in yet, and he was up and down on the stage prancing around. And me being the, the funny guy, he said, what the hell are you doing? You don't, let me show you how you do this. And I took the script, and I started horsing around. And Unbeknownst to me, the uh, the teacher in charge of that program came in, sat down, and about five minutes later said, "Hey, you, the tall guy. Okay, you got the part of Luke, you know, in you know Eugene O'Neill play." I said, "Whoa, I'm not even in the club here." <laughs> and he said, "Listen, fella. He says you're on my stage in my school. He says uh, you got the part." I said, "But I'm not even in. You know, I'm not even auditioning." Well, that was the end of that, and. Uh, I got Best Actor Award that year, and this, the play went on to win the, the regionals and the provincials and everything else. And that's really where the showbiz professionalism really started way back then. Well, that's interesting. You mentioned Larry Goldhar. He's done yeah. quite a bit of work, too. Uh, who who uh, else is in that clique? I mean, I don't want to call you a clique, but who, who else is in your group of friends that uh, that we may know? Well, I'm, I'm, st- <laughs> I'm still... Maintain a good friendship with Sharon Glass from uh, from Cagney and Lacey. That's that was thirty years ago, and Tyne Daly. You know, we we still see each other. We always out for dinner with Sharon the other day, and um, uh, Gene Levy and uh, Andrea Martin and those you know those are Toronto people. Uh, but I sort of stick to myself. I'm not really a showbiz kind of guy. Are you an LA guy? Um. To be honest with you, we did Cagney and Lacey in L.A., and I lived in Toronto at the time. And and I was so frightened of being sucked into the vortex of Los Angeles that I would do my, my gig, and I would catch the midnight flight out of there and go back to Toronto and stay at home for four, five, six days until they needed me again. I was terrified of, of sitting on my can doing nothing for six days. that I w- It would lead me into, into a, a path that I didn't want to go into, so... I sort of stayed away from it. So where do you live now? Can I ask you? Well, I, I spend half a year in Florida and half a year in uh, Toronto and New York. We call that snowbirding around here. I don't know if that's... Yeah, well, where where are you right now? I'm in Long Island, New York. Long Island, okay. Yeah, we, we actually have nice weather here now, but I mean, boy, what a... What a winter we've had. Yeah, uh, I know. Well, I'm in Florida, and it's cooled right down now to about 81. <laughs> Well, what about work down there? I, I remember when Universal was coming uh, there, and, and I, I guess that was the uh, late 80s, right, when they were talking about that, and they were talking about Florida becoming the next Hollywood, and certainly that didn't happen. But is there work down there for actors? Well, there's a tremendous amount of work down here. Florida's a right-to-work state, uh, but there's a tremendous amount of Spanish work. There's more Spanish work done in, in, uh, in Florida, I think, than any state in the Union. Of course, I don't do... Uh, Spanish, but I do voiceovers down here, and like I said, I did just finished this movie. Uh, but I still do a lot of. The industry has changed. I mean, you can you can crawl into a hole anywhere and do a voiceover, and it comes out the pipe wherever you want it to come out. Uh, whereas you know, before you had to be in a studio, you don't have to do that anymore. 
I mean, my first major gig in New York was I was auditioning for Pepperidge Farms, and I said something like, uh, in the studio, I said something like, you know, these are the best cookies you'd ever find, or something like that. You know, one of those FM kind of voices. And some producer was walking by, and uh, and as I came out of the booth for Pepperidge Farms, the, the 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 engineer said, the guy next door wants to hear it, wants to talk to you. And I went went next door, he said, could you read this thing from Motrin, please? And uh, I said, what? And I said, well, uh, okay, sure. Um, Motrin relieves any kind of headache that you have. You know, and that, he said... Okay, that's good. Uh, a little softer, a little harder. Bang. So I was in New York for about eight minutes, and I had like a national American gig on Motrin, and then Motrin Sinus, and away it went. Wow. My agent, of course, thought I was God at the time, but, uh, you know, you have to be at the right time at the right place. And, and I got a lot of, I got news for you. There's a lot of very talented people out there that are parking cars and pumping gas. It's just the luck of the draw sometimes, too. This is a really weird business. Yeah, but you have talent. You Anybody that can see you on screen, uh, whether it's the big screen or the uh, the small screen, they see you You just have you have a realness to you. You have a, a you know, a likability to you, but you're just naturally funny. And we're speaking to Harvey Acking. If you can, uh, if you thank, just thank you for those kind words. I appreciate it. Well, it's it's true. You've gotten a tremendous, uh, tremendous amount of attention, and I and you get accolades. Did you have you have won awards? Have you had that yeah, kind of experience? Yeah, I've won. Uh, um, there's a couple of Canadian awards called the Genies, which are the equivalent of uh, a SAG award, so nothing like an Academy Award. Uh, but I've probably got a, a hundred different awards for voiceovers. I've gotten the the London the London Award for Best um, uh, Funniest Commercial in the World. I did that out of Los Angeles, and that was, and now I can't think of his name, but uh, I'll think of it. It was a commercial for Matlock, and uh, um, we've I've done I've done a lot of stuff, and uh, got a lot of Clio awards, which are radio awards too. Uh, I don't talk about that very much. I I mean that's nice, but that's not why I'm doing it. Do you have children? I do. I have uh, two grown children and five grandchildren. Anybody have the acting bug or the showbiz bug at all? Um, not really. Not really. Uh, um, my son sort of started off uh, in it, but he ended up on the technical side and ended up as a studio producer at uh, one of the national networks. And then he said that uh, he didn't want the pressure anymore. And he went back to the family business, which is construction and then real estate. So... Uh, there's nobody else in the family that's uh, in in the biz, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I, and does that disappoint you? No, not at all, because I know how tough it is. And, uh, you know, all I want is for them to be well and to be happy and be successful in what they're doing. And if I can help provide that for them, then uh, God bless them. You know, they don't have to be in show business. Now, I, I would think that's how most of us, you know, most of us parents feel uh, about their line of work. I mean, I don't think we care as long as they're doing something that they enjoy and something that... Uh, that makes them happy. Uh, you know, it's the old joke about, the, uh, you know, what does your son do? He says, he's, he's, a, he's a rabbi. He says, oh, that's not a job for a Jewish boy, you know. <laughs> that's great. Now, we have about two minutes left with Harvey Akin. I, what can you tell us about what's left on your agenda? You've, uh, you've You know what? Um, uh, I just, I think I'm starting a new career a little bit, you know, down in Florida. I think I'm doing stand-up here. Just to keep myself busy, I uh, um, I can't sit with my with my toes in the sand and play golf every day. It's not that kind of a thing. I do a lot of voiceovers down here, but I think I'm going to 
I have a philosophy that says you can't keep taking everything from the well. You've got to put some water back once in a while. So there's a lot of organizations here that can't afford certain things, and, and to bring some enjoyment to our seniors, I think that's important. Well, certainly people... Uh, I was going to say this is going to sound like a slight, but people your age, I'm not, I'm not that far behind you. I was born in 67. I think you were born in the 40s, right? Yep. Yeah, but uh, people your age, I, you know, they're going down to Florida to relax and, to, and enjoy themselves. But, uh, you know, maybe you don't have that uh, in you or you have half of that in you. Figured why not make a make a couple bucks while you're at it? Sounds like Well, you got I'm not looking at it for the bucks. I mean, uh, you're not going to make a lot of money going to... Uh, to Deerfield Beach and performing for uh, for a bunch of seniors, you know that that fall asleep twenty minutes through your act. That's not the point. These are these are people that that need some need to be taken care of. Our yeah, well, they many, helped us. Yeah. Well, how many shows a year? And keep in mind, we have about a minute left. How many shows a year do you do you enjoy doing, or do you feel like doing? I do. I do a lot of emceeing. I do a lot of charity work, and I do. I probably do twenty or thirty shows a year. See, that's nice. It's nice to have that kind of uh, freedom where you decide uh, decide for yourself. Would you want to do more and it's it's not there? or is You know it... what? Please, God, I'm healthy enough and I can. It takes a lot out of you to do stand-up, and uh, as long as I'm able to do it, I, I, I hope to be able to do it. And I'll tell you, if you want to call me back at another time and we can get another update, I'd be more than happy to talk to you. It was a delight speaking with you. Yeah, same here, Harvey. Harvey Akin has been our very special guest. He is a wonderful, wonderful actor, a wonderful comedian, and just a uh, just a talent all the way around. Harvey, give us a website. Do you have a, anything like that? Uh, not really. No, you can look, look, look him up, up under the... Uh, they, uh, on the International Movie Database, you'll find me. Yeah, IMDB uh, for short, and that's Harvey Akin, everyone. A wonderful, wonderful guest. Harvey, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. Okay.